Hi, I'm Rob. Tale number one. The omelet is a ruse. I was working in this restaurant in Georgia, and I had a coworker named Marty. She was in a bad situation. She was living with like an aunt and an uncle, and some strange things were happening at the house that were making her uncomfortable. So she really wanted to move. She had a friend in Mississippi that wanted her to move in with her. All she had to do was get from Georgia to Mississippi. She had a car. The problem was she had never driven on an interstate before. The prospect of driving there alone terrified her. So the plan we came up with was that I would drive her in her car to Mississippi and then fly back. A customer at the restaurant bought my plane ticket with some frequent flyer miles they had, which was really nice. So one Sunday morning, we set off for Mississippi. We had been driving all day. We were on Interstate 59. We'd actually crossed into Mississippi at that point. And there was what sounded like an explosion, and the car just shot left. The tire had blown. It was terrifying. Fortunately, there were no other cars around. I was able to regain control and pull off the side of the road. I got out of the car to change the tire. I opened the trunk and immediately saw that the spare tire was flat. We were in the middle of nowhere, in Mississippi, late on a Sunday afternoon, with a shredded front left tire and a flat spare tire. It wasn't good. Luckily, I had roadside assistance with my car and called them, and they said they had one guy in the area. They were going to send him out, and he was going to try to inflate the spare tire first, and if that didn't work, we would figure something else out. He was currently on another call, and it could be up to two hours before he showed up. So we sat down to wait. Marty had a bunch of episodes of Friends loaded onto her phone. We started watching one of those, and someone showed up to help us before the first episode was even over. He was in a pickup truck. He had a long ponytail, and his name was Kenny. He had an air compressor in his truck. He tried to inflate the spare, and it wouldn't hold air. He said all he could do was drive us to Walmart with the shredded tire, and we could buy a new one. It was Sunday, and nowhere else was open. And Walmart was like an hour and a half away. I thought maybe since he was in the business, he might know somebody that had a tire that was closed, or maybe he had a tire. So I asked him if he could find a tire nearby. We would be willing to pay him in cash. And he said, actually, I think I have one of these tires at my house. But I wouldn't feel comfortable leaving you here on the side of the road. So if we do this, I want you to ride with me. We'll go to my house. I'll put the tire on the wheel. We'll be back in less than an hour. Telling it now, maybe the decision to go with him wasn't the safest one. But at the time, we didn't hesitate. We jumped in his truck, and off we went. He lived on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. There were goats. There was a donkey that he said he had to keep coyotes away. There were chickens. There was a main house. And then there were all these outbuildings. He took us into his house, and there was a woman sleeping on a sofa in the living room. He told us to wait at the kitchen table, try and be quiet, to not wake her up. And he left us there alone. As soon as he was gone, she woke up. Her name was Julie. She was Kenny's sister. We explained what we were doing there. Marty told her all about her fresh start. Julie seemed to be truly moved by this and told Marty how proud of her she was, even though they had just met. Then she asked us if we wanted anything to eat. I said no. Marty said yes. 
So Julie made us an omelet. And it was the most amazing omelet I have ever had in my life. It was just eggs from their chickens, some milk, and then she went out to their garden and got some herbs. It was simple, it was fluffy, and incredible. I told Julie how much I enjoyed the omelet, and she said she had actually been to culinary school in France. In order to graduate, one of the things she had to be able to cook was the perfect omelet. Right around this time, Kenny returned. He had put the tire on the wheel, and it was time to go. We thanked Julie and headed back to the car. We had never actually discussed how much the tire cost. Kenny told me it would be 100 bucks. I looked at my wallet. I had 60 bucks. I felt like a huge idiot because I was the one who had suggested this whole buy a tire with cash thing in the first place. Kenny said, don't worry about it. 60 bucks is fine. So I gave him the money. He took us back to our car. He put the wheel back on with the new tire and he left. This is when things started to get weird. So we were back in the car on the side of the highway about to leave and a tow truck pulled off the road and parked behind us. A man got out of the truck I got out of the car, and we talked. His name was Scott, and he was responding to a call for roadside assistance. I said, some kind of mistake has been made. They already sent someone else. We were about to get back on our way. He got like a confused look on his face and said, that's impossible. Your roadside assistance company only has a contract with one person in the area, and that's me. So I told him the whole story about Kenny, and he got more confused. He was also concerned he would not get paid for coming out, so he wanted me to call the roadside assistance people and see if they could explain what happened. They confirmed what Scott said. He was the only guy in the area that they used, and he's the one they sent to help me. Nobody else. So I told them about Kenny. Both Scott and the roadside assistance person were very worried that something bad had happened. They were convinced that Kenny was posing as a roadside assistance technician, and had taken advantage of us in some way. The first concern was that he had sold us a bad tire. So Scott took the wheel off and examined the tire and determined that it was brand new. Then they thought maybe he had overcharged for the tire or something like that. I told them I paid $60 for it, and Scott said that made no sense because that tire should cost around $100. The next thing they did was called the police. The roadside assistance company wanted a police report, so we had to wait like half an hour for a police officer to show up. He was convinced that while Kenny took us to his house, there was an accomplice that showed up and stole something from our car or did something to our car. I had mentioned each time I told the story to Scott, to the police officer, and to the roadside assistance operator that Julie had made us the most amazing omelet I had ever eaten in my life while we were waiting for Kenny. Nobody cared. But in this scenario that the police officer had come up with, the omelet was a ruse. While we ate the omelet, Kenny was on the phone with the accomplice, talking him through the crime, or something like that. That would also mean that, like, Julie was in on it, and when we got there, she was asleep. So she and Kenny and some accomplice hatched a plan where she would pretend to be sleeping, and then wake up and make us an omelet. Anyway, the police officer asked Scott to look under the hood and see if anything had been taken from the car. And then he asked Marty and I to go through everything, our luggage and stuff, and see if we were missing anything. Nothing was missing. Scott, the police officer, 
and the roadside assistance person were still convinced that we were just missing some piece of information, something that would illuminate the crime that had been committed by Kenny. I was starting to agree with them because it really just didn't make any sense. And so the police officer called another police officer and they came up with a new theory. It was pretty much the same as the old theory that Julie, Kenny, and an unknown accomplice had tricked us to get us away from the car. Kenny was posing as someone responding to a request for roadside assistance. Julie was pretending to be asleep when we walked in, and then she made us the most perfect omelet ever made as a distraction. And instead of the accomplice stealing something from us, the accomplice planted drugs in the car while we were away, and then we would leave and drive to Marty's new place, and then I would fly back, and then someone would either steal Marty's car to get the drugs, or just get them out at some point in time when the car was left unattended. Everyone agreed the car should be towed in and searched for drugs. Well, everyone agreed except Marty. And if she had not stepped up and said something, who knows how long we would have been there trying to figure out what horrible thing Kenny had done. She said, this plan you've come up with is stupid. It makes no sense. It's absurd. What if Kenny had no idea that we had called for roadside assistance? What if he wasn't posing as anyone? What if Kenny was just a normal guy driving down the road and saw some people that needed help, so he stopped and helped? And then it ended up being a bigger task than he had anticipated. But he kept helping. He took us to his house. He happened to have a tire that we needed. He sold it to us for less than he paid for it. His sister Julie made us the most incredible omelet we will ever eat in our lives because we were guests in her home and she liked making omelets. No secret plan. No crime committed. Just people being kind. The police officer, Scott, and the roadside assistance operator, who was still on the phone, strongly disagreed. They all said no. Something had to have happened. They thought she was being naive. She looked at me. I thought about it. I felt like a big idiot. Kenny had never presented himself as someone that had been dispatched to help us. He just showed up, got out of his truck, and started helping. I was ashamed I was so easily convinced that he was up to no good, when there really wasn't any evidence of that at all. So I looked at Marty, and I said, of course you're right. And we got in the car, and we left. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson, She also came up with the title. The end credits music is by Poddington Bear. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at robtellstales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. Thank you, and thanks for listening. Thank you.